Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. It is going to be an interesting market time. I think we've just really started to to hit the beginnings of it. Having said that, you know, we know that there's a lot of things in the headlines that are having some instant reactions to our grain markets. We're going to talk today about these headlines, how it means to the trade. Look at Russia and Ukraine. We're also going to jump back to the year 2008. You know, the last couple of weeks, 2012 has been talked about a lot, but what about 2008 and in inflation what is that all and how does it affect the way we're seeing these trades going on right now and what can we learn from that we're going to take a look at all of that and more with brian split he's with agmarket.net and and brian i think we need to start out with russia and ukraine because you cannot um open social media uh, jump on watching the news uh, reading the newspaper listening to the radio whatever it is the headlines are there Right. The headlines are there. They're moving the market. Uh, we saw it on Friday late in the day where uh, the wheat market took off and rallied about 20 cents into the close. Beans, or I should say the uh, the corn market had rallied about a dime into the close. And, and those were on headlines that, uh, you know, the potential invasion of the Ukraine by Russia was imminent uh, today. Uh, and this was just before one o'clock central uh, time couple of headlines u.s closing the kiev embassy relocating uh diplomatic operations to western ukraine which is um a uh i don't know how to say that that city it's lviv is the name of the city so i don't know if it's lviv or but i don't speak that language but uh so they're moving the embassy um, and then the U.S. State Department ordered destruction of the computer uh, equipment uh, at the embassy uh, amid warnings of a Russian invasion. So, and, and actually, the um, Ukrainian President Zelensky, uh, and, and he's indicating that uh, the intel that he's hearing, and I don't know if he's hearing it from the U.S. or where it's coming from, but that the invasion will happen on Wednesday the 16th. So uh, there's an awful lot going on with that. The market is is extremely sensitive to these headlines. And we saw it overnight uh, with no escalation over the weekend. Uh, the market was very ready and willing to take some of that risk premium out of the market just to throw it right back in at the end of the day on, on these new headlines. So having said that, how, how does a producer, as they're looking at either the grain in the bin or the grain that they are um, contracted to sell, how do they absorb all this and knowing that these markets are going to change, especially right now, could be moment to moment? Yeah, so I, I think the thing to do from a producer standpoint and whether this is from uh, an old crop or a new crop standpoint, uh, I think it's imperative to have puts under the market, um, under under unsold bushels, um, and knowing how explosive things could be to the upside, I think you want to have strategies that um, will leave you upside potential. Um, you know whether it's completely wide open uh, or at least a, a, a decent amount of distance before you're committing to being short above the market, and that would generally be with the sold call. Now. I know early um, when you were kind of doing the the prep for what we were going to be talking today, you had mentioned 2012 and 2008, and I think there's a lot of talk about how the weather conditions out there feel like 2012, and and there's definitely some areas that are very dry as we get closer to our planting. Um, But 2008, I think, also worth keeping an eye on because that was the last time that we had the commodity market 
uh, seen as as more of an asset class than an individual market. You know, um, where corn has its own fundamentals and copper has its own fundamentals, and uh, you know, cocoa's got its own story. Um, that was a year where basically if crude oil was higher, then the green light was there for the fund manager to just buy commodities as a whole. And so we're kind of seeing things um, start to trade like that again. And just so the listeners can maybe be reminded, maybe they remember this, maybe they don't. But when you look at where May soybeans are trading after today's settlement, and let's just call it 1575 or within a few cents of that, um, the May soybean contract at the beginning of March in 2008 was at 1585, and by April 1st had made a low of 1106. And so I don't know, um, you know, if we get a move like that, uh, but there were other similarities uh, besides just being a, a year of aggressive fund buying in commodities because of inflation. That was also a year we did have a significant reduction in the Brazilian crop. And so we have a, a lot of these markets that are really loaded on one side of the boat. So whether it might be, uh, you know, some more kinetic activity in the Black Sea region, uh, whether it's interest rate movement, uh, you know, I don't know what the next uh, shoot a drop would be, but we do have to realize that because of the aggressive link that we have in the markets right now and across the, the broad spectrum in commodities, that if there was an event that wanted that made the fund manager want to reduce their position or exit their position, the the door would be very small. Um, and so, uh, you know, I've been accumulating some out of the money puts in some of these markets just for something to have when, you know, if and when people go reaching for them in, in case that event comes to fruition. Does it make you nervous? Um, I, I don't know if nervous is the right word. I think it's just, uh, I, I think there's a very realistic expectation for a tremendous amount of volatility. And um, I think that volatility can can be in one direction, or I should say in both directions, and it's been in one direction over the last couple of weeks. And uh, it just seems that through the conversations that I've been having over the last week or so, um, the attitude that the market's going to continue to go higher and that the downside risk just isn't there and that we're going to see new record highs this year. And, and I don't doubt any of that can happen. I'm not going to say it's not, but... Um, I'm, I'm also really not talking to anybody that feels like there's much downside risk in this market and all the concerns to the upside. And I, I think whenever you get a boat loaded that much, you know, that heavy on one side of the boat, um, that, that you have to be mindful of that. We've got a lot more coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Battle. At Fontenelle Hybrids, we understand there could be some tough decisions this spring when choosing seed for your farm. Fontenelle still has a good selection of ExtendFlex soybeans with triple stack tolerance to dicamba, glyphosate, and glufosinate to handle your toughest weeds. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer about ExtendFlex soybeans and ask about our locally proven corn hybrids too. Always follow IRM, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Our Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue our conversation with Brian Split, he's with agmarket.net. And we left for break. We were talking about, you know, what's happening. We look at 2008, inflations and puts, and, and, and where our producers um, need to be. And you made a great statement to me, Brian, over the uh, commercial break about when is the best time to do this. And I, I wanted you to repeat that to our listeners, just to reiterate kind of what we were talking about in the first half. 
Yeah, so uh, a good friend of mine always told me, uh, buy puts when you can, not when you have to. And um, so we've got very good levels that we're participating in right now. And uh, what we want to avoid is, is we want to avoid feeling like we have to buy puts as the market's already started to go down and has come off the high substantially if that were to happen. Um, you want to buy the puts when you feel like you don't even need them and you're wasting money. Uh, that's when you want to buy puts. So looking at that, you know, we were talking about history repeating itself and, and learning from the past. Is there anything that producers, as we look at spring planting of 2022, can take away from 2008 and 2012? Well, so we've got a, an awful lot of dynamics right now. Uh, you'd mentioned the planting time frame, and um, I know there was a, uh, a story on Friday afternoon about glyphosate and bear and the inability to uh, to have the product available. Um, the um, the the weather this year is going to be another major dynamic, and it, so it used to be that if if we were planting early and and the crop was going in very quickly, that that was seen as a a uh, bearish force in the market. Um, if we see that this year because it's dry and that's the reason why we are planting early, um, that very well might be seen as, as supportive to the market from wherever we are at that point. We had our conference. Well, we had two conferences over the last two weeks, Susan. One uh, was last week in, in Kansas City for our Western Belt. and We had Drew Lerner from World Weather Inc. do his weather presentation for us. Um, that weather pre- presentation left us all feeling a little bit friendly uh, agricultural commodities just based on the weather potential. Um, you know, again, looking for a, a warmer and drier bias this summer. Um, and, and so I, I think you can see the uh, month of March be a, a time frame where uh, some of the, the length gets sucked out of these markets uh, just to get completely reloaded again, uh, looking for new highs at the end of the second quarter, beginning of the third quarter. But um, there's there's other dynamics. Uh, you know, there's contracts out there where producers are renting uh, farm ground from uh, another individual, and these contracts are, are flex rent contracts where if the price of corn continues to go higher, they're going to have to pay more for their cash rent. Um, and, and I just can't imagine having a market with that type of a, a, a rental agreement hanging over my head where essentially you're afraid to sell because, you know, if you sell it and the market goes higher, you're gonna, your inputs are going to go up just because of that. So, you know, that producer is almost forced to, to buy a call every time they make a sale just in case uh, because that they're going to need that additional income to to pay the the difference in the rental uh, agreement if we do see substantially higher prices um you know when you talk about all the geopolitic geopolitical goings on right now uh you know it's it's war is on again and off again every other day at this point and we're seeing the corn and and wheat markets move 10 to 20 cents on each of these headlines um and so this is one of those things where if if that type of movement um can be stressful for you uh, especially if those moves are to the downside, then again, that just, uh, again, speaks to the idea that having puts under the market and, and leaving the upside open in case there is a uh, a wild event to the upside makes an awful lot of sense. But again, I, I just really don't want the listeners to feel like there is no downside risk in this market because I, I really feel there is. So how do you see the dollar factoring, factoring into all of this? 
Well, the dollar's been a tough one to read here because, you know, we had these major highs that um, were made a couple of years ago, and then we had the highs that were made um, in, I believe it was March of 2020, shortly after COVID really started to, to hit the global markets, and there was a run on dollars. Um, and then we had broken from those levels into the, the low to mid 98s and, um, the, I should say the 88, sorry. Um, the market's really just been smack dab in the middle of that trading range. So we're, we're not near the highs. We're not near the lows. And, um, you, you do have to wonder if there was something that did happen globally. If, uh, you're not going to see money come out of the equity market, come out of commodities and just go to the dollar. Um, go to the you know the the best house in an ugly neighborhood. Um, that seems to be the the potential safe play. What what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Brian? Um, you can reach me directly at eight one five six six five zero four six three. Anybody at Ag Market uh, can be reached at eight four 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 Ag Market. So eight four 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 two four six seven five eight. And uh, you can check out our website at www.agmarket.net. All right. That is a look at today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all the local dealers. As a reminder, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's been the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.